find out which guests are being featured this week, read our favorite press releases, and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today, powered by the World Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water, Earth's human mission, and your health. Uh, the power of water has been on for four years. We're excited because it is doing something for education and individuals that are wanting to come in and learn more about ageless waters. In other words, water is ageless. Um, discover more about a new, healthier lifestyle. Learn more about water wars, nutrition, environment. But above all, let's learn more about a subject I call dehydration diseases. In other words, the moment you were born, the, the, day, the moment you entered in that delivery room, you came from a pocket of water and you no longer had water around you any longer. You began a dehydration process. That is your life to the end, dehydration. The diseases, everything I believe will be discovered in time with research, dehydration is either the itch on your toe or the fact that you have diseases that are, uh, you need to learn more about. And today with Michael Edson, I'm really excited because Michael is one of those special people that has committed himself to learning more about acupuncture, integrative, um, um, integrative alternatives. I won't even say integrative medicine because it's more, it's alternative. He's learning a lot. He's going to teach us a lot today about Chinese medicine. And I'm going to ask Michael, well, how did the Chinese begin their alternative thinking and why did they do this? We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only all-natural eye mist, 100% tissue culture grade of water with just a mist to supplement the surface of the tear foam. It's the only all-natural eye product in the world. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Michael Edson. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Michael? Yes. I was excited to have you on today. Uh, You have a lot of information for us to learn. And when you're on today, let's pretend like you and I are standing in a laboratory of, of Earth's human side of life, and uh, we're going to be like the classroom. Um, you Tell us a little bit about you and why you got involved in what you're doing. You're involved with acupuncture. Yes. You're involved with Tai Chi. Yes. Kai Gong. And all, all, yeah. And then you're involved. You even had karate. And But tell us all these different things that you've been involved in, and then I'm going to ask you as you go along to define them to us, because a lot of people can hear these different descriptions, but what are they? And let's give them a classroom today so they can learn more about it. Sure. Um, I guess I've, I've always been interested in alternative health through my life and the practices um, I studied martial arts for 20 years, and um, I kind of went through a midlife change where I decided to, I wanted to get more into healing, a healing practice. And at 41, I went back to school to uh, study Chinese medicine. And I did that for three years. Uh, most programs are between three or four years. I doubled up on the herbs for the three years I was in the school. And um, it was an amazing experience. Um, I also, I guess I should preface this, that in 1990, a year after Tiananmen Square, I went to China and studied Qigong for um, a month there with a senior Qigong master that had a clinic working with uh, and curing, actually, cancer. Uh, And it was a really amazing experience, and that was also an early introduction to something, to me pursuing acupuncture in the future. Okay, let's back up for a second, and once in a while I'll interrupt so we can start getting the description for our audience to really learn today, Michael. I want my audience to learn, when they listen to this radio uh, program, when they come on and they learn about Chinese medicine, and you will be the teacher, why did the Chinese so far back start the direction they were going with the type of medicine? And, And they were probably calling it medicine but the type of healing that they were doing, why did they start that? Why did they begin when they did? Well, 3,000 years ago, which is approximately, we believe, when Chinese medicine started being developed as we know it today, um, they didn't have x-rays, they didn't have blood tests, they didn't have uh, a lot of the testing that we can do today to help us uh, identify and diagnose um, conditions. And so they had to come up with another system of doing it. And there were different theories about how acupuncture came about. One was that in warfare, people um, got stabbed or got hit by spears, and those that survived, um, they found that there were other conditions that also got healed at the same time. Um, that's one theory. And having Chinese medicine is really it's an empirical science. And what they did was they said, okay, well, if that point seems to have this effect in the body and we touch it and we go to this point, what effect does it have? And this point, what effect does it have? And they found, they found that different combination of points um, got people better for different uh, ailments. Mm-hmm. 
And as they evolved the science of it, they, they really observed people, of, again, over thousands of years and, and millions and millions and millions of people, and they found that not only by touching different points, but by looking at people and seeing their color and, and their smell and the shape of the person, and um, then they, they developed a, um, a model of, of being able to look at the tongue and seeing a map mm-hmm. of person's condition based on the tongue color and coating mm-hmm. and shape and cracks and, and as well as uh, pulses, mm-hmm. um, they came up with a very, very sophisticated system for diagnosing and treating. Now, having said that, to back up a little bit, what they found from early on and what they developed was the idea of meridians. And meridians are basically rivers of energy that flow through our body. And it's a map of energy for the human race. In other words, let's, uh, you know, let's say uh, back to that meridians of energy. People don't realize and they forget. And I want this show to remind them over and over and over again why I called it the power of water, that the body is water. And the body is made up of 50 trillion cells in water. And the meridians are the activity of your water table, um, your energy and all to do with uh, the electrical side, the electrolytic side of you as a person. In other words, that's why we get electrocuted so quickly because we are water. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all part of uh, uh, the package of what is life. And life is, is movement and action and connectivity. And um, in order to move water, there's something called essential fluids in our body, and, and that, you know, it's mostly water, but it encompasses blood and lymph fluids as well. And the, in order to move um, essential fluids, you need what we call qi. And qi in Chinese medicine is energy. Um, mm-hmm. And all the universe is made up of energy. All matter is made up of energy. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, Einstein identified in, a, you know, E equals MC squared that energy mm-hmm. change. And matter is the same thing. It's just the different forms. Right. right. But life, life is energy. And as long as we have energy, and once we lose that energy, then we no longer are able to move the water. <laughs> you know, oh, and you passed away. Yeah. You're, you're, you died. Yeah. And, and nourishing the cells. You know, in fact, Dr. Moto has said, uh, and we're going to have him on again, um, um, that the body is a river. And how many people we need to realize, do you want your river to be stagnant and polluted or do you want it to be fresh and flowing? So if people, Michael, and you can help me with this, if they're not drinking adequate water, I mean not juices, not anything with anything in it, but water during the day, they're not going to be able to be unpolluted so that all of a sudden those meridians become maybe stagnant, maybe polluted. Yes. Um, Again, we need, you know, every cell in the body, as you said, we have trillions of cells in the body, and the, and the cells are constantly um, using, using nutrition, eliminating waste, and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in order for us to be healthy, we have to be able to, to eliminate that waste uh, through our kidneys and bladders. And in order to do that, we have to make sure that we're flushing our system out with water. Right. And, and it's got to be, it's not, as you said, it's not juice, it's not soda. Not the it's, coffee. It's not the tea. It's yeah, water. No, it's it's really water. And you plain water with nothing in it. Well, mm-hmm. but you, know, you have to have enough fluids in the body to keep the body uh, lubricated 
and moving. And in the, lymph, the lymph system as well moves toxins out and eliminates waste and mm-hmm. fights infections, and mm-hmm. that required, that's water as well. Have you ever, with your practice, found people um, that come in and say, oh, I've got this allergy, oh, I didn't sleep well, oh, I I'm losing my energy, and you're looking at them, and then you begin to explain to them certain things they can do, but they're not comprehending how simple it is. And, Michael, it doesn't cost any money to do these things. It is free, actually. It's a freedom of, inner, of mind, freedom of energy to go do what's available to us to be healthy. Who wants to complain all day and not being well? Be well by learning these, I call them earth secrets, but, um, and it's not a secret if you're willing to listen and learn more about these uh, different directions to go, what's called interactive uh, alternatives. Now, you also... Okay, the Chinese, several thousand years ago, began to learn how to survive and be healthy. They had on our planet Earth an ability to, to learn uh, the beginning of time, what they wanted to do to be, have longevity and, and feel well. And, and they did it with the soil. They did it with Earth's nature because they didn't have, and I'm going to be, um, I have a lot of doctors on my medical team from all over the world, Michael, but uh, very genius people, but... They all admit people need to be more proactive about the nature of their problems before they go to the doctors so they can understand how to tell the doctor what is happening, too. The doctor cannot be the god and say, hey, by the way, I know what's going on with you, even after a lot of tests. Uh, so the Chinese learned how to, uh, the nature of what they needed to do to survive, and they did survive longer than a lot of uh, cultures survived. A lot of people didn't learn how to do it the way the Chinese did. Now, you were learning along the way about other things, though. You learned, uh, I want to go into one here real quickly, only because I was curious. You've taken Al-Qaeda, is it A-I-K-I-D-O? What is that? Aikido. Aikido. What is Aikido? Aikido is uh, really interesting. It's it's a martial art that was um, been around for... I think about 90 years now it started. And um, the concept was that um, martial arts um, have a history of basically, you know, you, you win or you lose. Either you beat somebody up or you get beaten up. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that um, if you can learn a martial art where you can neutralize your opponent, then you can negotiate a different way of resolving your problem. And the okay, well, back up for a minute, Michael. <laughs> um, we all are somewhat familiar with karate, and we'll go there in a minute, but what do you mean by neutralizing your opponent? I'd like to learn how to do that. <laughs> okay, well, okay, going back, Morihai Ushiba, who was the founder of Aikido, was a pretty uh, aggressive martial artist, and I, I, I suspect that he beat a lot of people up over the years <laughs> that he was practicing, but he... he, he, he oh, remember, they call it martial arts. Right. <laughs> he, he, he realized that, you know, in war, when countries attack other countries and they, they beat them down, inevitably there's going to be a reaction to that because the next generation who has lost their parents or whatever is going to come back and they're going to seek retribution. Mm-hmm. And so he developed Aikido, which was a, his spiritual evolution, would say, well, if someone throws a punch to you, you step away from that punch, and you guide that punch away from you, and then you control their movements. 
and then lock them up so they can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And um, Now, what's the difference between that and then came karate? Well, karate, you, you basically smack somebody until they fall. Okay, in other words, there's special artistic chops. Uh, just to, and, and you know, I I I've, I have a friend here in in my area that has been uh, involved with karate forever. He teaches it. He was with Disney with it. I mean, he did many things. Um, uh, what's the uh, the well known one that's on television that we all know of? Um, the fellow who had his own show, the Texas Ranger. What's his name? Oh, it's, um yeah. Anyway, he's uh, no. I mean, he's been around that forever. And right. I asked him one time. I said, "Now, Del Saito, I said, Del, what, why was there karate ever invented?" He said, "Because people didn't have weapons and they needed something to defend themselves, so they learned how to do it with what's now called karate." But the, the bigger picture, the spiritual picture, is how you bring that into the world. The Aikido is um, let's say you're at work and somebody is yelling at you or in the street and somebody had road rage. You know, the normal way, the karate way, is to confront it. Mm-hmm. The Aikido way is to sidestep it and to say, I understand, you know, you say, I understand you're upset and I'm sorry about that and how can we, uh, how can we resolve it? Okay. Um, you know, or you sidestep the energy that's coming at you so you don't respond to it aggressively which means the person has nothing to hold on to aggressively, to react to. Okay, now tell us about your, you've also t- uh, taken and teach Tai Chi. Tell us the difference of Tai Chi. Why did they come along and have, uh, and, and have Tai Chi? Well, ta- okay, the, the Qigong was actually the, the, came out of the Taoist period in China where it was the sort of purest form of using energy, breathing, it's kind of like the yoga of China, which is that you, it's visualization, breathing, movement, it can be standing postures, sitting postures, uh, qigong walks, Uh but you really identify the flow of energy through your body and where it's blocked, and you learn how to unblock those energies, and then there are, there are specific uh, times of the day, for instance, um, if you, from 11 to 1, there's a Chinese clock where if you have a heart condition, most of the healing for the heart goes on from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., so you're going to do Qigong exercises during that time. So mm-hmm. there's a whole world of healing, self-healing and healing other people, helping people heal, I should say, mm-hmm. with Qigong. Then the extension of that was Tai Chi, which is also both healing and somewhere in between Qigong and, and Karate. Mm-hmm. So it's a slow movement that has the martial arts movement in them, but also has the breathing and the energy flow as well. It, it, it's not the, in a pure sense of the world, word as pure as Qigong in terms of just, Qigong is just for healing and maintenance mm-hmm. of health. Mm-hmm. Uh, tai Chi is both for healing and has certain as- martial arts potential aspect of it. And then the martial arts side is really the, the combat side, Mm-hmm. Although that can be, there could be a spiritual side with that as well, but it tends to be more the combat side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always interpreted that masters of karate, when I see them, are the ones that have gotten softer as they've gotten older and learned to go more internally with their energy, but they also go towards healing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I look for when I see a master in karate mm-hmm. versus someone who's 65, 70 years old and still punching bags and, and doing the same thing they did when they were 30. 
But that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's my opinion. <laughs> well, that's okay because that's what we're learning today. Okay, now uh, let's go into some of the directions you want our audience to go with you today. Uh, you've given us an idea that you've been studying Chinese medicine or alternative um, integrative uh, directions of healing benefits of better wellness. Um, in fact, I hate the word. Uh, I've learned from my research into over 30 years of studying dehydration um, diseases and problems is I don't like the word medicine if I can get uh, with integrative and alternatives because I want people to know there's other ways to go with nature before because the symptom is your nature. Don't go to the medicine cabinet before you learn the nature of your uh, what you're wanting to learn about how you want to be healthy. Uh, you're very much involved with ac- acupuncture. Now we learned about the meridians of our bodies based on, of course, the fluids and the flow of the body's nature. When a person gets out of bed in the morning, Michael, the day begins at that second. They have a new day, and they can say, like my brother used to say, this is a great day. The feet begin to take a moment of a new day. How should people learn to live today with what you've been learning and and practicing and exercising and having all the patients that you have your different uh, uh, clients coming and going, your, your patients. Um, what are you learning that people are forgetting, the basics of life that are so important to the nature of who they are? What do they have to learn to get this, uh, obviously, learning what the nature of their lives are? They're wanting to make it more complicated and, and rather than living with themselves first. Well, I think the biggest thing is that people have power. And people forget that, and they've been taught that they don't have power. And so when we, you know, I mean, I respect the medical profession. I think um, uh, Western medicine is, is quite remarkable, but, but part of what Western medicine has done is taken, is taken power away from people to say that they don't have any power to influence their own health and healing. Mm-hmm. And it's become um, really relevant because then people don't feel they, they can change their lives. And you were talking about... Um, you mentioned earlier about people doing things and taking action, and and I totally agree with you. But what I found is that um, you have to lead people along that path because people learn not to do that. I mean, you know, it used to be that people were involved with growing herbs, and you had an herbalist in your community and a spiritual advisor, and and you you were really part of the earth. The American Indians were part of the earth, and they they connected to it every day, and they realized that there was there was healing that came through that. And as modern society, we seem to be losing that more and more. And then we're looking for a quick fix because we don't feel well. Now, you just said the magic, magic, Michael. Uh, uh, About uh, three decades ago, they wanted a quick fix. Everybody was so impatient. What's the shortcut? They left the gardens behind. They went to the... Uh, to the cans of goods at the grocery store. They began to use the fry pan. Uh, they were smoking. And I look back on smoking cigarettes. Um, you know, I look at what all the education we have now, but in the old days, they never had any education about don't smoke. Um, uh, we are learning today that the nature of your freedom is the most exciting part of your life. The freedom you have is who you are and the nature of what you wanted for you to be feeling good about yourself. And there's nothing vain about that, Michael. Uh, uh, vanity should come back into the vocabulary. Uh, be excited about who, the, who you are and your health. Uh, so the, the, those the quick fixes has got to quit. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you're right, and 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 also the quick the pro, a problem with the quick fixes is they really don't work. I mean, oh. the, for acute situations, um, yeah, it's it's amazing Western medicine. If you break a bone or having a heart attack, get me to the hospital, give me a doctor. But most conditions are chronic, and then doctors don't know the reason they happen. They don't necessarily show, even show up in blood tests, but people feel bad or they get autoimmune diseases. And I think it's really important for people to realize that disease doesn't start overnight, that disease manifests over many, many years. So the healing process also takes years, and it's a path that one embarks on that's very empowering that, they can, that, that people can actually embark on a path where they can potentially reverse uh, disease themselves uh, with the support as needed from doctors and medications because sometimes things are very acute or people in pain that need to be managed, and medicine certainly has its place there. But over the long term, ultimately, there's often ways to reverse chronic disease, and it's important for people to know that, that it's, it's really they have the power to do that. You know, we only had two minutes for our first commercial coming on for our sponsor, but real quickly, have you noticed that allergies are out of control? Uh, people during, you have them all year round now. They come and they go. And it, it, people will almost want, don't want to think about what's causing their own individual allergic reaction and having an allergy. Number one, I would say, are you drinking enough water, first of all? But um, I bet you have a lot of people come to you that uh, simple, it sounds simple, but are having a lot of allergies, which is affecting the lungs, affecting the cardiovascular, affecting the flexibility to the body because allergies have a lot of drainage and, and the eyes are affected and, uh, and the nasal passages and their mind, because if the eyes are affected, the brain has a tendency to go overtaxed. Um, on the acupuncture, do you have a lot of people come to you for, with, for acupuncture uh, during the year for allergies? Um, yes. Um, but, I, you know, it's interesting allergies because I, I consider them in general to fall under the greater category of inflammation. Right, it is. Inflammation. And now they're finding that um, autoimmune diseases, heart disease, even Alzheimer's, um, and Parkinson's, which is an autoimmune disease, that the underlying pro- um, possible cause of all these diseases is chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then we have to look at where chronic inflammation comes from. Exactly. And a lot has to do with diet and water is... is no, water number one at the top. We've got to take a moment with our sponsor here in a minute, but did you ever notice on the pyramid uh, uh, nutrition chart that the government has there's not one glass of water? <laughs> yes. Isn't that amazing? Uh, there's a lot of issues with it. <laughs> well, you stay put. We're coming back, and you tell me what you want to talk about after we get back um, in this classroom. But we're going to listen to our sponsor, uh, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. is the only all-natural method of, uh, of uh, supplementing the tear film. The tear film is 99% water, 100% water. There's only one product, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, to supplement the tear film to slow down the dehydration of your eyes. Well, listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Michael. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. 
Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Michael, I'm, uh, you have been involved with so much, and you've given your life to this, and you practice it, and there's so much to learn. Um, you also have been involved, I, I, want, I will get into the eyes here pretty soon, because you've written a book about natural eye care. But I want to learn more before we get into the natural eye care because I want to learn what you've been learning about diet and then I want to learn more about the digestion and, and, and sleeping. People don't realize we have to learn to sleep. It doesn't come just because you lay your head down. But tell us about what you've been learning about uh, nutrition. Well, there's um, that there are there are different there are different metabolic types. There are different body types, and there's no one type of diet that's right for everybody. Um, and so you have to really find out who you are in relationship to the food that you need. So, for instance, um, the Eskimos need a diet of foods that are slow burning. So, if they need fats and meats. Uh, and if they were living a diet of vegetables and fruits, they would die because those burn too quickly for being up in a cold environment they need. Um, on the other hand, if you're in the equator, if you're living on fats and meats, you would get very sick because you're burning calories very quickly because of the heat. So you need food that breaks down very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that goes into your vegetables and fruits. So there's an example where not everybody is, is the same constitution. Now, having said that, um, in general, we've been we've been we've been led up a very a very um, dangerous path over the years about this whole idea about um, low fat, high carbohydrates, uh, which has been going through changes now. But the refined carbohydrates, I think, primarily have been the biggest cause of um, increase in autoimmune diseases in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the it's the white sugar, it's the white rice, it's the white pasta. Exactly. It's, and it's it's um, terribly destructive because it all these things kick into sugar very quickly in our body, and they they stress our pancreas, they stress the ability to handle and balance sugar in our blood. Mm-hmm. And more and more research is showing that that these carbohydrates have been really um, dangerous for us to be consuming at the levels we are. Now, what, how are you about the sodium level? I'm, I believe you've got to have some. I don't believe in removing it completely. Uh, and depending upon it, 
uh, if you might eat the food and have some, I believe that if you, I don't mean putting salt shakers on, but um, I have been concerned about because sodium helps, helps retain water levels and right. also helps with detoxification, but uh, they've, uh, they've gotten everybody terrified of sodium to the point, I don't know if people are getting much sodium in themselves. I don't mean eating salt from the salt shaker. I don't mean that. But, and, of course, being careful with the chips and all the salt. But, uh, so, uh, but we have had doctors from Harvard and different dire- uh, backgrounds who said sugar is the biggest problem out there. Um, people don't realize that that sugar has been causing a lot of problems with the depletion of eyesight and the problems there, too, uh, uh, the digestive system, uh, the, the different directions they're going with anxiety and dehydration. Um, the sugar is, if people could just learn to figure out what they can do, enjoy their sweet tooth, uh, and liking to have something sweet, but find a way to satisfy the tongue's appetite and get away from so much sugar. Well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, the digestive system, and that really is um, at the core of a lot of disease. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not, first of all, if we're not absorbing nutrients through a digestive system, then the nutrients are not being getting into the bloodstream and getting distributed through the cells and the eyes mm-hmm. and the brain mm-hmm. and the rest of the body. So there's, you know, ultimately there's going to be some form of starvation that's going to show up somewhere in the body wherever our genetic deficiency tendencies are for illness. Um, and we can talk about eye problems like macular degeneration as an example, but, um, and also candida. You know, we have a balance of flora, which is um, bacteria in our digestive system that we need to help us break down, uh, break down um, our food, eliminate our food, and recirculate, recycle nutrients in, into, back into our body. And if because of the excess sugar and refined carbohydrates, what's happened with a lot of people is that the flora has gotten out of balance. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, we have something called candida, that's mm-hmm. a buildup of yeast in the digestive system. Mm-hmm. And can, candida can mimic pretty much any disease, including MS. It's, it's, it's virtually anything. Allergy, allergies is a biggie. You know, it's a big symptom of, of digestive issues. And again the overabundance of these, of these different bacteria that have been thrown out of balance. What do you know about probiotics that you could educate us about today? Well, probiotics help rebalance out the flora imbalance that might be going on in our digestive system. Right. So I think probiotics are really important, particularly as we age, because we also, once, you know, 50 is a magic number, as we age, we're not producing the level of enzymes that we used to produce. So mm-hmm. we're not also not breaking down our food as well as efficiently as we need to. What about, um, I did some study recently, and I had a guest on um, who uh, is uh, worldwide involved with the new uh, tinctures from the flowers of the world. He goes out to plant the world. I mean, he goes all over the world, and they're putting together tinctures of, fl- of flowers and oil. Uh, what, what, do you know very much about that? Well, I, you know, talking about flower essences. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I, I haven't done much with it. I've done a little bit with it. I do think that there's, um, there's certainly a science to flower essences. Well, where I came from when they first introduced it to me, I thought, you know, it's the Bach uh, background. Oh, oh, on it. 
Yes. And, you know, I got to thinking, because I've been studying uh, for over 40 years and 30 years and longer uh, with the research center that I am the founder of, uh, that the water of the earth began, but something began with growth and beginning. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, my gosh, we could have had the moss, we could have had the fern, some different plants, but all of a sudden, of course, something began to flower. And uh, there could be some value in the flower uh, before it wilts and dies and goes away. It's kind of like the bees come into the fruit trees and, um, and uh, pollinate the, the fruit coming from the flowers. And then all of a sudden I got to thinking, and I have to tell you in the audience, um, somebody taught me, said, I said, what are you thinking there? And I'd like to try one. And Michael, I said, which one do you think? And I hadn't even read about it yet, or they were just telling me. And they said, well, for me, Michael, the olive. So I took it, I did it, and then I bought the book and everything too. But all of a sudden, it, I found myself just kind of mellowing, and it was doing something uh, to keep me kind of relaxed, I guess. And I got to thinking, is this amazing? Uh, a little, four little droplets three or four times a day and a glass of water. To, and, and add another nutrient to my life. Uh, I take whole food supplements. Uh, but again, and I try to eat the right food. I get the spinach and all the things I need to do during the day. But um, So I was curious on some of the supplements and thinking, people have to learn how to digest. It's vital. We cannot eat everything we're supposed to be eating. I mean, how can we? It takes time. <laughs> Besides, it could wear you out because you're eating too often. I don't know. So what would be a main, what do you think a, a very important diet would be for the, to keep a digestion going, for people to stay flexible and digesting their uh, lives so that they're not walking around feeling so empty or so full? Well, okay. In general, I recommend an alkaline diet for people, which is, uh, if you can, people can go online and, and and do a Google search on what an alkaline diet is, but basically 80% foods that are alkaline-based and 20% acidic. And the reason is because, as we discussed before, uh, refined carbohydrates are acidic. Meats are acidic. Um, um, Dairy is acidic. And the more acidic we become, the more inflammatory that we can become. Um, And the more alkaline we become, the less inflammatory, basically, we become. Also, there are a lot of cancers that do, very, do much better under acidic environments and alkaline environments. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we have now had a history to last with, with refined foods and, and fast foods of having an acidic diet that's not really what we used to eat, what our grandparents used to eat. They used to get fruits and vegetables from the farm. Mm-hmm. And so that, that in, in, in a nutshell, is what I recommend. And what is alkaline, the green vegetables, the salads, um, there are certain, even some um, grains like uh, like spelt or quinoa, are mm-hmm. are leaning towards being alkaline. Some of, what, about some of the, what is your thinking about the difference between some of the seeds, like uh, sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds, and the seeds rather than the nuts? Uh, I've got a, I've been doing some study on the differences between the two. Uh, what are your What is your outlook on the difference between nuts? And our seed, the seeds. Um, I think both have certain benefits from them. I mean, almonds are very alkaline as well, and you know there are certainly um, seeds that 
have a lot of energy and potential with them. I think people have to be careful about not having too much of it in a diet because um, you, there's a lot of uh, mold that can be in, um, in, in nuts and seeds. Mm-hmm. So they have to make sure that they're not sensitive to, to what they're eating that's contributing to inflammation. Mm-hmm. But it's part of, part of the, the protein in the diet, and um, sure, it's a, it's, I think it's a very important part of and some of the sprouts. What about some of the sprouts and the diet? Now we got to, you know, uh, you're going to laugh, but if you would ask me, what are you going to do on the weekend, Sharon? I said, well, I have my favorite natural product stores that have produce. I go to my other stores that have produce. And I get a kick out of going around and seeing all the different produces and the diff- what they have to offer. And I have to go to four different places a weekend to go do my nutrition shopping because I'm after my sprouts in one space and place and different uh, arugula that I've got a particular arugula leaf I like over here. And um, so, But for us all to learn how to get our proper nutrition in us without having to overeat, to get the proper diet and digest during the day, feel flexible, feel like your brain is in pow- uh, working. Uh, what do you do for yourself to keep you, uh, your brain working and yourself uh, feeling flexible? Well, it's the same thing. I, I try and eat an alkaline diet. I mm-hmm. exercise almost every day. Um, I meditate. Um, I try and do some Qigong um, every day if I, if, I get, if I get myself around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's go back to meditation real quick. When you're meditating and audience, please learn how to take some time and then don't feel guilty about putting some space around you and enjoying it. Um, when, how long do you meditate a day? Um, 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Yes. Do you have a particular uh, meditation uh, uh, CD that you like in particular or some that you can mention to our audience? Because people get confused, Michael. They aren't sure what's out there, and they, get a, they like to hear from shows like this, what's out there? What is it that I might find fascinating? Well, I think that's the simplest thing for people to do if they haven't done any meditation is to get a good uh, relaxation tape that's like a visualization tape mm-hmm. that can guide them through the, through the meditation and put them in a place away from where they are uh, from the day-to-day stress. Mm-hmm. And by, by putting them into a different place, you're actually really going into a different part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And that can carry through the, through the rest of the day around mm-hmm. the normal stresses and tensions of daily life. Mm-hmm which is we didn't even get into the whole, the whole discussion of the effect of modern-day stress on disease. Right. Which is a whole other discussion. Well, I had a doctor on here the other day, uh, Michael, who was an orthopedic surgeon, and she was a trauma orthopedic surgeon, and she was diagnosed with cancer, and the doctor said she wouldn't live very long, and she decided that's not, she's not going to go the, she found out that she wouldn't want to go the typical ways they wanted her to. So she decided to go some other directions, to get her to get off the stress and to start letting her brain be more free and be in control of the direction she wanted to go with what she decided to do. And she found that stress will kill you, um, something that a lot of people didn't know or know. When I'm, in the, I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, the reason way back in time, Michael, I started studying about 40 years ago, I was president of the American Cancer Society and and I was really startled at people who were diagnosed with terminal disease. Why is it that one, the one, one was really, really serious and the other one wasn't as serious, but the one who wasn't very serious gave up? 
and they passed away. The one who was so serious decided to fight it, relax, get rid of the stress, um, live with a, a, a space around you, do anything you can to relax. And that's something that the meditation can teach our society, our culture, our world. We're under a lot of pressure, Michael. You could probably go over to a little one, a child, and all children are so perfect. And you say, are, is time going very fast for you? Michael, find a child today that doesn't say time, my time goes fast. It's because of all that's going around them. They don't have any space anymore. There's no freedom to be lazy, to be quiet. Um, that's right. And, and, you know, it's, we weren't really designed, I mean, our ancestors, stress was a, um, is an inherent uh, ability to be able to defend oneself or, or get the meat and food that you need to survive. So when they went hunting, the stress kicked in, you know, they, they, their blood and oxygen and water was... Anxiety, fine. yeah. The body, yeah. And it allowed you to perform at a higher level. And then when they finished, they went back and they went into relaxation state. I mean, because I guess... accomplished something physical. Right, but there was, there, was, there was the yin and yang of it, which is that you, your sympathetic system is driven at the moment. Everything is kicking in for you to run and act, and you're sharper. And then there's the in-state, which is the relaxation and repair. And modern society, we're, we're basically in the constant state of, of fight and flight. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the survival mechanism. You go in, you have to perform, you have to make a living, you have goals. Physically, have physically, physically going, yeah. Constantly. And then when you go home, you're still thinking about what you have to do at work, what projects you had to complete, people are concerned about money, you know, and now, especially with the economy the way it is. And we, we, we have forgotten the fact that that's not, that's not our natural nature. Right, it's not. And that chronic stress um, wears us down very quickly and really, mm-hmm. really causes fatigue. It can wear our adrenal system down. And then people go to Starbucks or any place else and get their sugar, 32-ounce <laughs> coffee. I was, at, I, was talking to a, I was talking with a person the other day, and I'm really concerned, and I've been starting to do more concentration to study what's happening at the computer with people's health, and, and we'll go into the eyes here in a minute. And uh, I was talking to an individual, and they use Nature Series Eye Mist. They've got so many people across the country in the United States using the eye mist because they were putting eye drops in all day, and eye drops flood the tear film, and they're too heavy, the weight of them. And so anyway, he said they've thrown away the eye drops, they're using it, and they're trying now to eat better and drink the water and, and get the exercise and more. But what's happening with the computer today is the um, anxiety of the nature of the keyboard. They're being so con- uh, so uh, focused on almost like a meditation on the keyboard. They're, they're uh, staring into the screen. They're under tension. They're under stress. And I was teaching people, Michael, that in the womb, when the brain and the eyes, they connect together, and they do it at the same time. Then when you've entered in the air you breathe called the delivery room a birth, you no longer have that water around you any longer. The eyelid opens, and all of a sudden the eyes are the only organ that during the day in your lifestyle, the skin isn't over it all day long to back up that tear film that has to keep a maintain of hydration. And all that's going on today, Michael, with uh, the stress 
and I've had doctors on here from Johnson and Johnson and different doctors and Harvard said the same thing, Michael. When the brain and the eyes are connected, the brain the brain is eighty to ninety percent water. What is happening in research to discover the future, what might be learning, is everybody has eyes. And if you've ever seen that show called The Ocean, and all of those creatures down at the bottom of that ocean that are moving around have eyes. And all of a sudden you're looking at the planet, the eyes of the planet. And eyes have a function with a brain. And all of a sudden we're looking at the water on the brain is 80 to 90%. The surface of the, of the eyes are the water. All of a sudden they're wondering why we're so exhausted Michael, we're having to live with this environment and the changes of the world at the earth, and the eyes are not covered all day long, and they're not getting the drink of water that they should, unless you're using exercise, and uh, uh, you can drink all the water all day long for the rest of your body, but the brain is being over-exhausted. It's exhausted, and people are wondering why they're getting so tired, and their their eyes are getting cloudy, and... And, and, and the stress load on us is just beyond because we're not learning, like you've learned, to relax, meditate, do some chai chi. If you've got some exhaustion, pound against uh, something there uh, in the exercise room. I, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I want to bring you to tell us about your book on natural eye care. Uh, you know, I've been spending a decade by the, with the medical field on eyes, and uh, that's why I got in it. Tell us what you've been learning about natural eye care. Well, we, we've gotten through so much material. We never got to uh, another part of my life, which is uh, natural eye care. And if I can mention it, um, natu- our website, www.naturaleyecare.com. Mm-hmm. And that was started with my partner who you interviewed recently, Dr. Mark Grossman. Right. I started that 12 years ago. And he and I co-wrote, uh, he's been a number of books, and he, co- I, he and I co-wrote two of them, one for... Acupuncturist, one for lay layperson called Natural Eye Care, your guide to healthy vision for layperson, Natural Eye Care, a comprehensive guide for practitioners of oriental medicine. And we've really, you know, trying to help people um, learn about ways they can help themselves in terms of both preventing uh, eye disease and preserving healthy vision as they have an eye disease, the things along with whatever their eye doctors are doing with them that they can do themselves to preserve healthy vision. Now, you can go to www.naturaleyecare.com and learn from, and your book is is there, too? The book is there as well. There's even, uh, on the left side of the homepage, they can get our free eye exercise book. Mm -hmm. It also includes acupressure points Mm -hmm. that they can massage around their eyes to help stimulate energy and blood and and, and water movement through the eyes. Mm -hmm. And it's a free booklet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just trying to help people through, through research. I mean, we're collectors of peer-reviewed research, and we have mm-hmm. it on our website to let people mm-hmm. know that there's an enormous amount of research connecting um, our diet, lifestyle, and supplementation to healthy vision for a wide range of different eye diseases and prevention. You know, the reason they brought me in over a decade ago to study the uh, dehydration of the eye, uh, ophthalmology research, um, is because of just, people were they were knowing that people weren't getting any natural eye care education because everything was a drop a drop floods the tear it's too heavy 
And uh, so they can go to your naturaleyecare.com and learn more about the nutrition, learn more about all the, the nature of your eyes and how to take better care of their eyes, get education. It's too bad we can't get that down into the grade schools because that's where we need to begin, Michael, is these right. children need eye care, education. And whole body care. <laughs> the whole body. But the eyes, in 2030, it's, it's, there's a uh, prediction estimation that there could be 35 million people that are going to be blind. And every three seconds we have people going blind. And we are not getting enough of this education out there for people to learn and the nutrition habits and the digestion habits and good sleep too, Michael. Sleep is vital. People have to learn how to sleep, not just take it, put their head on the pillow and think, oh, now I'm going to go to sleep or I won't sleep. But where time is over, and uh, I want to thank you. We learned a lot. I hope you do this again with us. I'd love to. You're, you're very special to do, uh, what you're doing, and keep up that work. Thank you. Thank you're you. on a mission. Have okay. a nice day. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Well, as I've said to all of you, uh, when I started the Sharon Klein Hour, Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission, I wanted you to understand that the Earth and its, its water level is lowering, and the moisture in the air that you don't see the the water in the air. There must be water in the air to call humidity to keep the organism of your body and the organism of Earth, the soil, and everything here alive. Without that moisture, without that moisture in the air, there would be no life. So, and then the water to drink. You must be drinking eight to ten glasses of water a day. It is vital. Water without anything in it. Your fluid. And if, don't, if you want to complain and enjoy your complaints, but you need to know that Earth has those secrets. It brought nature to this Earth for you to live with. You're not going to make up any invention for it. Earth has a secret. Enjoy and embrace your life. But Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye because you'll have a footprint that is special to you, and I know you're going to pay it forward for somebody else to have a better life along with you. I want to thank you for listening. Have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 